everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Built for a Purpose podcast. Today is going to be a great day. I am excited about uh, introducing a great guest to you. Um, this whole process has been working out uh, a significant life change that we had um, years ago, my wife and I. And um, really what God has called us to is unveiling and showing people like, listen, um, God's heart for you is to prosper. God's heart for you is to get to the next level of what he's called you to do. And so my heart behind this is that you guys would continue to walk this journey out with us. And uh, today I've got a special guest, uh, a dear friend of mine, but also the director of operations for ClearShift, which uh, is my organization. And uh, and Matt is my right-hand man. Um, God has done amazing things through him and his wife. He's been a tremendous blessing. And there's so much practical today that we're going to we're going to talk about some supernatural things that's happened in Matt's life. I believe there's going to be a lot of that um, that's going to minister to a lot of people who have walked the journey with the Lord. But then also the practical uh, influence that's happening and the practical um, you know increase that's Matt, Matt seeing in his life and in his roles uh, with us. And, and, and I'll probably brag on him a little bit, too, because he's been such a blessing to me. So uh, without further ado, uh, Matt Wilson, Director of Operations at ClearShift, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Awesome, man. Thank you. I, I usually start by just saying, hey, tell me about where you're at today. I, I kind of gave an introduction on uh, the ClearShift side of it, which is a part of your life, obviously, yep. but uh, certainly more important than that is your your wife and your kids and, and what God's doing over there. So would you just give us kind of a high level of of you and your family and kind of where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. I uh well, I met my wife in high school. We barely made the cutoff for high school sweethearts. Okay. <laughs> met her at the tail end of uh, high school last semester, and then we started dating over that summer. Been with her for about 15 years now, uh, married 12 of them. And so she's awesome. Uh, you know, we've talked about that pillar of peace and being a pillar of peace. She's that pillar of peace in my home. You know, she's patient. Yep. She's loving. She's kind. Um, she homeschools my two children. I got a 10 year old boy, uh, who loves violin and, and to play sports. And then my daughter who's in piano and she's seven and they're just a true blessing to me. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's true. I, I know your family personally, and they are a blessing. They're amazing. God has blessed you for sure. You, you did outkick your coverage with your wife. <laughs> I she's, did. It's okay. That's up. a good thing, man. That's a really <laughs> good thing. Um, yeah, Alyssa is uh, is amazing. Yeah. She's actually even um, jumped in and helped us um, just with some accounting yeah. stuff and just kind of, she's got an amazing gift there and, and she's really been a blessing and uh, it's been awesome. So our, our journey started actually at church. We met our, yeah. we met at church and um, uh, oddly enough, um, you were in law enforcement at the time and I really didn't know much else about you prior to that. Um, yeah. So I think it'd be good to just give some context um, eventually on, on kind of how we, you know, connected in, in business because Honestly, we had zero uh, plans to connect in business. We were just, you know, going to church, and and, yep. and so God was orchestrating and moving and doing things. But um, I think what's really interesting is um, the story of you and me sitting down in my office, and you're talking about, "Hey, I'm going to go do this business," and is what I'm thinking, or I'm thinking about it, and, yeah. and I want to get your thoughts on it. So, um, you know, maybe maybe talk about. Um, I think it'd be ideal to talk first about, you know high school kind of coming out of that or, or kind of your, your upbringing mm -hmm. and how you got maybe even into law enforcement, because I think that was kind of an end around either. You didn't go right out of the shoot wanting to be in law enforcement, right? There was other things going on or, or is that not the case? There's some other things going on. I always wanted to be in law enforcement. That was something that was in my heart. And yeah, I think, you know, this kind of takes me back to being a kid. There's a lot of principles my parents uh, taught me around business in general. And I knew business was in my heart even in law enforcement, day one in law enforcement, I knew I wasn't going to retire a law enforcement mm. officer. Um, but business was was always in my heart. And it's only recently that I could honestly say I look back and I see that God's orchestrating so much in my life um, that got me to where I'm at today. And I can only imagine where it's taking me. Uh, but this takes me back to being a kid with a lawn mowing business, you know, uh, and my brother and I, would go around and have hand out flyers in the neighborhood. You know, I think we named ourselves the Lawn Boys. And uh, super original, man. That's amazing. <laughs> and my dad, you know, bought an AT, ATV and built a homemade trailer. So we'd go pretty far into the neighborhoods and, and do, uh, you know, mow some lawns and stuff. And, but um, point of bringing that up is, you know, I learned a lot about working from a spirit of excellence in business that, you know, my dad would come over and make sure that I was doing the right thing, mm. that I pulled all the weeds. My mom would help me with the finances side of stuff. We had little envelopes, you know, one for savings, one for spending, one for tithe, one for expenses, you know, with gas and lawn mowing equipment and that kind of stuff. Um, but that led me, you know, 
on my journey in business and I loved it. And I started learning a lot of the principles around business as a young kid. What's amazing to me about that is starting at like 10, I started a lawn mowing business. Yeah. So, and we've, till this moment, like today, <laughs> earlier, we, when you said mentioned car, uh, lawn mowing, I'm like, I lawn mowing business. Dude, I literally built a bootleg trailer <laughs> that hooks to my bicycle. And we used to yeah. roll around the neighborhood, my, me and my cousin, and we used to like, sh and we had like this account and we were rolling, but dude, we were making like, we were ripping it. We were making a couple grand a month. It was yeah. awesome. Yep. And, and you know, when you're little like that, you start to learn. Right. And I, it, for me, I, I don't think I had a business. Um, I wasn't had like a 10 year old business anointing or anything, yeah. but I knew I, you know, I didn't come from a wealthy family. I, you know, I was like, Hey man, I, I want to do something and I, I want to go and, and buy some stuff or play and travel a little bit and go see my grandparents or whatever. So that's how we kind of did yeah. it. So anyway, it's just oddly weird. Um, I think if, if, uh, uh, man, I think, I think kids should be running lawnmowers. I think it's the most practical way to use your dad's stuff to make money. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but so, so in, in that process of learning, and I think it was really good that your dad was like, pull the weeds, do all that stuff, taught you how to, how to do it the right way. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, Go into high school and then talk to me. You and Alyssa get connected. You guys end up uh, start a date and then get married. Where do you guys go after high school and what does that look like? Yeah. So at the time I got married, I was working at Big O Tires and I was there for about five years. Um, and basically what I was doing is I started off as a tire buster. Um, is what we call them. Mm -hmm. And then moved up to what we would call in the industry as like a shop foreman. Um, and then moved up to sales associate at that time. I got married in 2011 and from there you know my wife and i really were actually growing in our walk with the lord as well where we started to um, press in and and one of the scriptures that was highlighted in our marriage was proverbs 3 6 and it says acknowledge me in all your ways and i'll direct your steps the scripture before that says lean not on your own understanding but trust god and the scripture right after that begins to say don't um i'm paraphrasing of course but uh don't depend on your own wisdom um, I'm sure it says it in a different fashion, but uh, those those scriptures is what we stood on as a marriage and what we did in our lives and the decisions that we would make together, whether it was a new business, uh, another career path, you know, uh, just really any decision we made. And uh, we began to walk that out. And so the first time we actually stepped in faith was uh, going into law enforcement. You know, everybody told me um, that they, you need to go to put yourself through the academy. You need to apply 10 different places because you're not going to get it on your first try. In fact, it's intentional that they're not going to accept you. Uh, and, you know, we, silly as it sounds, we went into different rooms, prayed, and, you know, came out. I was like, what did you hear the Lord say? And she's like, well, I heard the Lord say this. And I'm like, okay, I didn't hear that. So we went back in and came out. And this is literally as uh, baby Christians, yeah, we're learning 20. to... One, yeah, 21. Oh, and wow. we're we're learning like, hey, we Lord, we want to acknowledge you and what we're doing because we trust that you're going to establish our steps. Mm -hmm. And if we're acknowledging other things, then we're where's that leading us to? And so we, you know, we heard apply for the state patrol is what we felt. We had that peace. And so we did. And the whole time I'm getting told by other law enforcement officers who are giving me advice that, hey, you're gonna you're not gonna get it. It's a seven month process. They're gonna just they're they're gonna see if you want to come back. And you should probably apply to several other places. And we stood on that. We're like, no, we heard the Lord. We want to make sure that we're doing what the Lord's telling us to do, not just casting our chances out there. Mm -hmm. And so I went through the whole seven-month process. And there was 2,000 applicants. And at the end of the day, they were only hiring 33 people. And so I got an email, and they said, hey, thanks for applying, but we're going to go with another candidate. And so you can imagine, at the time, I wasn't really happy with where I was working at Big O Tires and yeah. some issues there, but I felt discouraged and defeated. And I was like, Lord, I thought we heard you. Um, but I talk about my wife being a pillar of peace and, you know, she was unmoved. <laughs> I felt like anyway at the time. And so I came home and she just built me up in faith. She's like, we heard and we're going to stand on that. That's, that's what we believe. Something's going to have to change. It wasn't even 24 hours later, I got a phone call and they called me back and said, Hey, you know, uh, we changed our mind. Are you still interested? That's awesome. And I was like, well, it was only 24 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, of course yeah, I'm still interested, so yeah. you know? Uh, and then that started my journey. You know, we talked about the dual purpose. I feel like there's some practical elements that the Lord's been doing in my life. And then there's some spiritual elements that, that, um, 
he was doing in my life. And that's really where it started, the origin of the biggest trajectory of my life. That was one of the pivotal moments for me was leaning on that scripture and getting into law enforcement, standing in faith. Mm. And uh, and then I got told I was moving to Del Norte. Well, I think what's important to highlight there is, you know, when you when you're seeking the Lord, and all of a sudden the pra- when when something very practical happens, right? That's, yeah. I mean, you're you're attaching your faith to something. You're just you're walking with the Lord. You're 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 exploring this, and and you know, even the, a, a, a person that's been a very mature believer for a long time, they're still doing the same thing, right? They're, they might be more steadfast mm-hmm. um, in that process, but the practical or the practicality of you seeing God show up in a 24 hour period. And you're like, no, we did hear his voice, right? Builds yep. your faith and is oh, was, I'm assuming, a solid building block in yep. kind of the next, you know, the next step for you guys. And man, I mean, it's we I've had that moment in my life too, where, you know, the the practical was overcome by the faith, right? Like yeah. something that was in the practical realm, like that's not gonna happen. And then it does happen. And really those are those are monuments that you really go back to in your faith oh, man, walk to yeah. say God has been faithful. It's like with David, he's like, I killed a lion, I killed a bear, and I'll kill this uncircumcised Philistine. Those are those moments where you're like, No, I know yep. what I know. I know I've been here, I know I've been there. And obviously that was a decade ago or more. But um, you know, that's still something that's that's fresh. And it's powerful, man. It's really, really good. And I think yeah. that ministers to a lot of people that are in that that have heard or seen something and know I am still on the right path. And so where in the world is Del Where Nord? Well, that's what I said when they when they said, "Hey, you're going to be stationed in Del Norte." And I said, "Was this? Did I apply for the Colorado State Patrol <laughs> yeah. or Texas?" Yeah. Well, you know, and yeah, and so it's like 30 miles outside of Alamosa, San Luis Valley, and it, it's got that that troop down there. It's yeah, that troop down there covers six counties, um, and so it's a big, massive troop and a lot of lot of area of coverage. Um, but you mentioned something that brought me, you know, every time the Lord has told me to go, there's been something in the natural that's opposed that or reason to not follow that. And, you know, even right before I got into law enforcement, the big old tires, I had an opportunity to leave and go work for Lockheed Martin. Mm. And it was through the footsteps of my brother-in-law who was already working through there. And I would get in the same way he got in, kind of following his footsteps. That's a great spot, man. And at the time when I mentioned I, I despised the job because I was, my sales were getting stolen from me in a lot of areas. Um, so I was ready for a move. And I just got married. So I was like, I need a, I need a, a career that's going to support my, my wife. And, you know, and again, I give credit to Alyssa because she's the one that said, I don't have peace on that. And so we didn't, and, and they uh, they discontinued that role or that department and laid everybody off several months after that. So then I would have been jobless looking yeah. for a job. Uh, but getting into law enforcement was another level of that faith, which was really the biggest pivotal moment because that's a big deal. 33 people getting hired out of yeah, 2,000 big. applicants. And so, yeah, I got stationed in Alamosa, and I don't know if you guys have been there, but first day was negative 33 degrees, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what I got myself into. But that was our Abraham <laughs> moment. terrible. Yeah, dude, I, I don't. I can't even describe. It hurt to breathe at yeah, sometimes in the windshield. But he, that was our Abraham moment, which we didn't see at the time because we were just high off what we just got, mm-hmm. the faith that we just had, and and you know uh, that we were praying against going down there. <laughs> and we still ended up down yeah. there. So you know, it's it's funny to see God work, but um, that's looking back now. That was our biggest growth spiritually. Things close at six o'clock on a weekend. Mm-hmm. We didn't go to the bar, so there's really nothing else to do. Yeah. So we're like, well, let's just press into the Lord. Yeah, she, you know, was pregnant at the time. We, um, and so we just started pressing the Lord. Messages, reading the Bible, praying, learning to hear His voice. You know, God's in 90, 99 time. Excuse me, ninety nine percent of the time, God's speaking through His Word. Mm-hmm. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to apply that to your personal life, and that's what we were really learning down in there. Um, in Alamosa during that season of growth. And we grew exponentially with our walk with the Lord. That's powerful, man. Cause you know, we're going to get into this and we're going to unpack this, but you know, there's a preparation season obviously that's happening that you didn't, you didn't really probably fully understand and probably still fully don't understand yeah. and see out. But, uh, Alamosa, you end up in, in, uh, down South in Denver. Um, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time going through the whole thing cause I'm yeah. sure it was amazing, but tell me about, Alamosa, and then ending up, uh, there's so much to change in law enforcement in the last decade. I mean, it's yeah, incredible, it's right? So you were in the front lines, I mean, literally yep. of that. Um, 
And I knew that just from going to church with you. And we've talked, you know, kind of high level. And and I often prayed for you and Alyssa because I, you know, I'm like you were the, the person that I knew that was in law enforcement the most during the turmoil of the craziness that's been happening. So um, I, I would like to. I think that's an important um, part of your story. And um, so I'd like to understand how how you went from Alamosa to uh, Denver, essentially, and um, what was that process? And then and then how did you end up? no longer being in law enforcement. You kind of said going into it, you knew it would be here forever, but yeah, there's two questions in one, but can you unpack that? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, Alamos was our growth season. It was our Abraham moment where God took Abraham away from his family, friends, distractions. And we really felt like that's what that was. Cause two years in, I had the opportunity to transfer up to a troop in Castle Rock. And, you know, again, we're walking with the Lord. So we prayed and we felt like the answer was no. So right. I stayed down there another year and a half. Now my flesh is kicking and screaming at this <laughs> point bet. because I'm I'm a city guy and my wife loves the mall and the closest mall is two hours away. Um, but again, it was for a purpose. And so once we got that transfer, uh, so I spent through about three and a half years down there. We got the transfer, came up here. Um, I... Shortly after, I got on our special taxes response team, which um, had a lot to do with riot control. And so that was entering into the season of 2020 when uh, COVID shutdowns and the George Floyd incident and the riots in Denver were Denver made national news, which doesn't happen all the time. Um, and that was one of the probably darkest times of my career. Uh, and, but it was one of the most pivotal as well because the Lord spoke a lot in that time. Um, I remember sitting in my patrol car one day and I'm listening to a minister who's talking about uh, his testimony, basically. He's a drug addict uh, or was a drug addict and uh, he's ended up being arrested multiple times throughout his time. He's like, I just wish one of those officers would have preached the gospel to me. Mm. And so there I am sitting in my patrol car and I'm just sinking in my seat. So we talk about the practical purpose and the spiritual purpose. That's where it really came together for me, where... I'm doing something in the natural. I'm doing something practical for my family, for the business, for you know all the right reasons. But there's a spiritual um, element that really hit me, where it's king. It's the kingdom business that, in the marketplace ministry, is where God's calling the Christians to. Yeah. And that's what it was spoke to me, where I was like, man, there's so many people I arrested, and I could have ministered the gospel. So after that moment, I started ministering to people I arrested. I saw salvations. I saw healings. Um, I just saw a ton of stuff because I had such an opportunity mm. to bring the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of hell in the darkest places and sometimes and oftentimes the lowest place in people's lives. Uh, and, I, and I got to be that light in their life. Um, and so once that started, getting positioned downtown and, and my first day down in the riots was about 16, 17 hours long. And it was like a war zone, to say the least. Um, you know, Denver threw gas at one point. We didn't know it. So I'm getting gas. And so I put a gas mask on. But, wow. you know, the problem with that is now it's in your pores on your skin. So for most of that time, my face is literally burning because of the tear gas. And I can I can breathe because I now have a gas mask on. But and then you're in there. And this is it was so dark The the hate that you would experience down there was just, I can only imagine what Jesus went to, you know, going to the cross, getting crucified by being sinless. And the Lord looked at me when I'm down there, there's, you know, they're peeing and bottles and throwing them at you, throwing <laughs> bricks. There's smoke, flashbangs, fireworks getting shot at you. And it's like, it's just chaos and your ears are ringing, you're, you close your eyes and it's a fireworks show. Um, you can't see the bricks coming until they hit you because it's just chaotic down there. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I love those people too. And, and I told the Lord, I said, well, you're going to have to help me see people the way you do. And it was during these moments that really changed my character in the perspective that we're living for a greater purpose. It's not, at the time, it's not just putting people behind bars, protecting, saving people. It's saving souls and lives. It's bringing the marketplace, the Christians to the marketplace and doing kingdom ministry. It's a dual purpose. And uh, so that's, you know, that was towards the end of my career there, but um, that was such a pivotal moment. Man, that's crazy to me. I mean, I, I think literally, I mean, that had to have been the Holy Spirit Yeah. because the hate, I mean, you're in defense mode, right? Yeah. I mean, you're in like, you're in, you're in defense mode and to have 
to have compassion like that is is supernatural for sure. But that sounds yeah. I mean to me it sounds like there was a there was a breakthrough moment for you. And so did you um you know, I, I'll tell you for me personally, I kind of felt like uh, or I assumed maybe like hey, maybe Matt's had enough of law enforcement with the crazy that's happening. But really it seemed like you were you were more like, you no, know, God's calling me to the marketplace, right? Yeah. Marketplace ministry. And so um you know, so you and I had connected at that point. Um, mm -hmm. And really, I mean, we, so what was the exit like from law enforcement? Was yeah. it like the Lord is speaking to me and this is not difficult. This is, this is actually relatively easy to make this pivot. Or was it like, I'm here in the Lord, but this is going to be a faith filled big moment in my life. A little bit of both. So the first thing that I felt was my season was drying up. And I could just picture, you know, if you can imagine yourself saying in the desert and you're looking down and it's got those deep crevices because it's just been vacant of any sort of water for a long time is the image that I got. And it was like, I loved my job. And even being down there, even though it was dark, I wrote some of the deepest things that I've ever written. And I'm not a journal guy, yeah, but I still loved being a part of helping people and save lives, save property and all that. But there was something inside that said, your season's retiring, your season's done. And, um, and so I wasn't looking, I just, I just put that on the shelf and I said, okay, Lord, well, you know, I, you're going to have to lead me into it because I don't know what else I can do. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a big leap of faith to leave law enforcement with job security, pension, yeah. all the, all this stuff, you know, and, um, so I had an, um, growing up, I had, I learned a lot of my automotive experience with my dad. We'd go to auctions, buy cars um, that were total losses, <laughs> flip them, sell them, and make a side hustle kind of a thing out of it. And um, and so I was kind of interested in maybe starting something along those lines. Yeah. And I knew you from church. And I was like, well, he's in the automotive industry. And I said, maybe I'll just pick his brain. I said, he can't be mad because it's not even – we're not <laughs> even going in the same direction with the automotive yeah, industry. Yeah, we don't sell wreck cars, but – and um, so leading up to that conversation, I, you know, had an opportunity to leave elsewhere. I was actually um, approached by somebody that gave me a, an awesome opportunity with an awesome company. And, um, but we go back to Proverbs 3, 6, Lord, just because it's a good opportunity doesn't mean it's a God opportunity. Uh, and so we prayed and we just didn't have the peace to do it. So didn't know why the money was right. The time, work-life balance, all that was right um, in the natural, but we said no. And so I kept being a trooper and you and I talked, I think it was in March uh, that year. And it was probably a month or two after I had that other opportunity. And I ultimately, I just wanted to pick your brain. I think you were thinking that I was going to recruit you. No, 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 no. Literally it was, it was literally an organic conversation where I had no idea what you wanted. You, you were genuinely talking about a business plan and through wisdom, I was like, listen, dude, let me give you like, I probably belabored some things, but I was like, dude, this is what you're getting into, right? Not just, no. I was honest about yeah. it. And then the, the Lord spoke to me and I didn't, I don't think I fully understood what was happening clearly. Um, but I'm like talking about our business and how we've switched, switched to a kingdom mindset, kingdom business, all these things we're hitting on. And uh, finally, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm tap dancing around the fact that like, this could be an awesome opportunity for Matt to be a part of our organization, right? Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, look, man, I'm not saying you're here for a job. You're not asking for a job, but I'm just going to mention this to you. Like, if you feel like it's something that you want to yeah. do, I think we should have a conversation about it. And I, I had no idea. Um, I think we were both tiptoeing. You're like, I'm not asking for a oh, job, yeah. dude. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not even offering a job, but let's just be honest here. This might work uh, or, or there yeah. just could be something. I don't know. Yeah. I think we really let the Lord kind of do that. And, and, uh, and so I'm excited to, to, to walk through that, but that process, you knew it's, I mean, when you've testified to me, like you knew within a pretty short amount of time, like this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Clear shift is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And that's the difference between the flesh spirit or excuse me, the flesh, uh, peace and spiritual peace yeah. is I had just gotten an opportunity to, to do something that was going to be hundred percent beneficial to my family. Everything in the natural would say yes. But, you know, when I came and talked to you to pick your brain, you gave me an honest answer and, and some encouragement there as well. But you you began to talk about ClearShift and what you're doing in the industry and changing the industry and the kingdom dynamics within the, the company. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself that 
if I was standing before somebody explaining a business that I'm doing and I'm building, that's exactly how I would do it. Mm. And that's in, at the time I was just expressing to everybody that, you know, it's, it's the king, the marketplace ministry is what the Lord's been speaking to me there. And then we have an opportunity and this is what we're doing here with ClearShift is not just, uh, it's changing the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I knew that I knew is the best way I can explain it, that this is where I need to be. Um, and in my heart, I had already made a decision that I was going to be here regardless of what it looked like. And we hadn't talked about finances. We haven't talked about what I'd actually be doing. I mean, I joke around and I say, I didn't know if I was going to be scrubbing toilets, yeah. detailing cars. I just knew I had to be here. In fact, I, at the time I actually came and told you that, um, I had to tell you that because I didn't want to be persuaded by anything else. I wanted to commit mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I don't know what this looks like, but let's have more conversations. I'm coming on board. Um, and again, of course, that was going back and praying with Alyssa and, and myself. But how did you know? Like, how did you hear that? How did you know when you said, um, just for our listeners, like, yeah, how do you know? How do you go? Like, I, I'm not going to be persuaded. I'm going to, I'm going to stick the stake in the ground. How did you know that? Yeah, it was annoying to say the least. Um, there wasn't in, in it's that's. That's what I've learned in the past with those experiences is to differentiate between the flesh and the spirit because everything that God tells you to do likely is not going to make sense. It's just not. Look at the people he chose in the Bible to, yeah. to bring the gospel. You, you know, Gideon is known as a coward, you know, and and all these people, you you he doesn't he doesn't look for the qualified, he qualifies the called, mm-hmm. right? And so when my wife and I prayed on it, man, there's just an overwhelming peace. And we just knew that this is where we were going. And so I was committed to what the Lord was already speaking to me on as marketplace ministry, a sense that my season was drying up and um, an opportunity that I was like, well, that's kind of weird. That's, that's interesting. Um, but I just don't see it. And then this opportunity where it was just like a knowing is the best way I can explain. Is it, it. safe to say you had peace in, in all of those buckets, right? You're like, yeah, I, I have peace that my season's drying up. I have peace that this lines up with my skill set, and I have peace that that this resonates with me from a leadership standpoint at ClearShift in a kingdom kingdom ministry, business ministry type situation. Yes. So that, I mean, that's that's true. I found that to be true with everybody. It's like, where's where's my peace leading, right? Where's my peace leading? And, and, and learning to, to hear the Lord in that. So I, we put you in sales, right? Yeah. No, I mean, basically, we we were like, hey, man. Now I knew you were special, right? So, um, and I I don't say that arrogantly. I just mean like I've seen a lot of people, and I knew you're special. And so I was like, Matt, I'm willing to you know invest in you and get get this thing going. But it's because I had such high hopes for you. I don't. And then I'm looking at this attrition process you're going to go through on being from you know pe- people in handcuffs to selling cars, right? <laughs> but you exploded. You exploded. Um, in and so. Uh, we had the other thing I think was worth mentioning is we had some dysfunction inside of our business. And so to be really clear for our listeners, Jeff didn't have this like, (laughs) you know, holy business that was, I mean, we were intentional and we were kingdom driven and we love Jesus and we're going after people and people are getting born again. People are getting healed. People, I mean, all that stuff's happening. It was, it's awesome. But in the midst of that, you know, we still had some weeds in our garden that we needed to figure out, right? We needed to get those, and, and it took some time. Yeah. And you were caught in that. Like, you were caught in the the ebbs and flows of that. Um, and un, somewhat unbeknownst to me in that sector, but to your credit, you know, the one thing that I want to testify about your, um, your heart is you never circumvented. You never went around and said, I know, Jeff, you know, we're buddies. I'll pull them aside, and I'll just thrash all, everybody you stewarded and you stayed in in um what's the right word for that what would you call that in law enforcement the chain of command chain of so command. to speak yep. so you were like listen i'm not going to i'm not going to cut it i'm not going to take the short route and that has proven out to be one of the most beneficial things that you've done is help bring order to the organization yeah. and so uh so you go from sales to sales manager to and I i'm cutting out a lot of stuff here yeah. but how did you get from I got to figure out how to sell a car, but you already had some business knowledge. You understand cars, you understand people. You've you've done some of that stuff. Yeah. So, but you did have a supernatural rise. Um, yeah. How did you do that? Yeah, that's a that's an awesome question. I think it's it's two part. Um, some of the structure I came from was very rigid in law enforcement. There was very a lot of structure, a lot of training, a lot of processes. Um, you know what always 
um, inspired me was business infrastructure, building systems and processes and improving broke things, you know, that carries back to big O day, big O tires days mm -hmm. for me. But, um, you know, so I came in looking and I, and I see, and I'm just observing and soaking in. I'm like, there's a lot of opportunity here for growth. And so I started putting together some pieces of the puzzle and, and offering up suggestions through the appropriate chain of command. But, um, there's, a spiritual element, like you said, I don't know. I think I told you this at one time. Like, I don't know why I need to know it until I need to know it, and then I know it. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like because you're in the will of God for your life, that the the grace to be there is going to keep you going. It's going to feed you the information you need at the right time, at the right place. I worked with a guy um, early on, and he's like, "Man, you would think that you've been here for three years. You're teaching us how to sell, you know, uh, back end products. You're teaching us this, this, this." And I, yeah, I don't have. Selling cars privately is way different than oh, working at a dealership. No but honest integrity was was um, part of my being, both as from a law enforcement, integrity was everything, and both as uh, a believer. And so giving it to the Lord and recognizing that, Lord, I'm not, I'm here at ClearShift serving a purpose, I'm serving a vision, but ultimately I'm serving your will. And that, that two-part, being where you're at, stewarding with what's in your hand to get to where you're going, is important to me as well. You've put it like that in the past, and I've never been able to tangibly say words um, that meet that. And it's it's it, that's the best way I've heard it is. Well, I just ripped it off from Paul Milligan. So oh, it, it's you, great. What's steward? What's well, in your, it's still you got a steward. What's in your yeah. hand? Yeah. What's in your heart? And so I began to steward it and do the best that I can. Um, I always operate off a level of excellence. I try to anyway. Uh, and so you know. Um, I just started learning a lot of it, credit apps, learning that. Yeah. I basically went in, I called lenders. Um, I, I asked them, what do you, what do you like? What do you don't yeah, like? You know, the what, what are the package yeah. deals? And so I just really put a first foot out there and gave, gave it my all and the Lord carried me. So, so, and from a high level view too, I'm watching this happen and it's, and you also prospered right in that season, right? Like the expectation to what you actually executed on. And there was this, there was an anointing for sure on that. Um, so I'm going to ask you a super practical question. Okay. If you had to clean the toilets and detail cars, would you have come? Yes. <laughs> that's all. Bro, car dealership <laughs> toilets at the end of the day is like, wow, that's amazing. I, sometimes I'm, like, I'm, sometimes <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm like, that is, uh, I don't even know how that <laughs> happened. Um, uh, so, <laughs> uh, I do believe you would have done that. Cause I do remember your, your yes to me was like, it was a yes. It wasn't a wavering, like, we'll see how this yeah. works out. And so. Um, so I want to, I want to, some, some people don't really understand all the ins and outs of, of sure. clear shift and that's totally fine. I think, but it's business is business. Right. And I think what I want you guys to hear with Matt is, you know, Matt in a very short amount of time, in fact, in, in passing one time, you know, Matt said to me, not out of desperation or out of like, Hey, Jeff needs to know this, but you just said to me, Hey man, I hope there's room at the top. And it was almost a prophetic thing that you said. And I said, there's absolutely room at the top. But now, like that happened so fast, and I yeah. and and so one thing that I want to just highlight in that, and I want our viewers to hear is this: Matt's Matt's background in law enforcement and structure and and pips and you know SOPs and all that stuff. We had like zero of that, right? So it was like running and gunning and shooting. It was like what is it? Shoot, fire, aim. We were yeah. doing a lot of that. <laughs> And, uh, and Matt did, you did bring order to a lot of stuff. And that's, that's, we've now grown in depth and coverage to the point to where we can grow exponentially. Yeah. So what I think would be really, uh, I mean, this, this podcast built for a purpose, you know, now that you see that your hand is to the plow in a very specific purpose, right? Right yeah. now it's very tangible. You're leading a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of people coming. There's a, then we're growing, uh, that, exponentially, yep. right? So that tent is definitely getting larger. Can you see and articulate to me God's fingerprints on lawn mowing business, big O tire, law enforcement to where you are today? That he is how how that is all culminated together yeah. to sharpen your tool belt to be at a place right now where you're pulling stuff out that maybe you didn't even understand what yeah. that season looked like and how practical those tools are now. I think the tangible built for a purpose would be an awesome um, pivot point right here because it's clear as day to me. Um, yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I, only because I've just recently felt like I've understood it <laughs> and I'm understanding it as we speak. But yeah, when I take myself back to the principles that my parents were teaching me with the lawn mowing business and just some etiquette and the spirit of excellence and doing and raising me in the right way, 
Um, and then getting into uh, buying my first car when I was 13 due to the saving of lawn mowing business, yeah. <laughs> um, which I still own that car today, which is great. But I learned mechanical skills from my dad. We learned on that car or I learned on that car. He showed me mechanical, but we also did the body work, you know, the paint, everything. So we did it all. And so I learned that and flipping cars, we'd go to auctions. So I've experienced buying cars at auctions, um, bidding on them and then uh, restoring them, fixing them and then selling them uh, as a side hustle. And so I learned that and then Big O Tires, you know, that's when it started to come out where um, I was learning some more mechanical stuff, being able to contribute, uh, where I said earlier, my heart is to fix broke things and I like to, you know, make it better, more efficient. You know, I was promoted into an idea that I proposed to the manager at the time, which again now is known as like a foreman. Big O Tires doesn't really have that role and I didn't know what a role existed. Um, and so I got promoted into that and then started service writing, basically, uh, upselling car work. Uh, and so, you know, then I went to college for business administration, um, and then law enforcement, the stuff that I've learned in there, the structure, uh, the policies, procedures, training, how important it is and the fruits of what having a training and system and process in place does being able to carry all that has has expedited my growth mm -hmm. at ClearShift because I was able to bring all those principles in uh, as a fresh start where many people don't have that opportunity. So I'm thankful um, that I've had that opportunity to do that. So I believe that all that has uh, culminated to where I'm at today. Yeah, and to testify to that, if you could look at our business as a puzzle, we had a, we had a mat-sized hole in our <laughs> puzzle because all those facets clicked in there um, because with retail-facing service, like I have experience in that. Yeah. Buying cars and the systems and processes to get them here. I have experience in that. Managing people, I have experience yeah. in that. The lack of training in some areas. We we have now a very robust training program. I'd call it a world-class training program yeah. um, that we've implemented. And all those things have built depth and coverage and infrastructure. And what's funny about that is on my little list, I carry a yellow pad every day and I write at the top, depth and coverage, depth and coverage, depth and coverage, depth and coverage. That's And, and unbeknownst to me, I was literally speaking out, writing out every day, yeah. and we need depth and coverage. We need depth and coverage. And right there is my depth and coverage guy because I don't love systems and processes. <laughs> I don't like training. I don't like any of those things. I want to just go lead, right? That's But I recognize that's a that's an area that I really need. So what it so we're pivoting to to vision, right? So I've got this vision. God's called me to do this. We're seeing amazing fruit. We're seeing amazing things happen. How is the number two? Do you steward someone else's vision? What does that look like practically? Yeah, um, from my perspective, stewarding somebody else's vision is first just understanding what it means to serve, mm. um, and not you're not serving to replace that person. You're not. That's not your goal. That's not your aim. You're serving to. Um, hold that vision up, help support the vision from underneath so that we can do what we're called to do. And recognizing that everybody has a different gift and talent within the organization that's helping support the ultimate vision of the organization. So there's a lot of components to that, but I believe keeping focused on that keeps you humble and then, and then keeps you motivated um, to project that vision forward. Uh, I think where people go wrong is they have this, I can do it better mentality. Yeah. And then they get on a high horse and it causes tension and it's, it causes basically a divided organization that ends up crumbling. Um, you know, for me personally, you know, God is the ultimate person that I'm serving. And so I want to make him happy. I want to please the father. And that's done by serving, you know, the greatest example of leadership was Jesus coming and dying. He says he came not to, not to, um, be served, but yeah. to serve. Right. And that's how that model I have in my heart. It's awesome because, uh, you know, you, I've heard you say this to me before. You have said to me, listen, man, I'll do what you're asking me to do, but I, I'm not in agreement with that decision. Like, or I'll do like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll if you if you want to go this route, I'll 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 do it. It's no problem, right? I've heard that from other people inside the organization organization too, and uh, that as a leader, um, when God's bringing people clearly, like He brought you to ClearShift, it is one of the most humbling things as the leader because I see God fulfilling a need and and, and fulfilling a promise. Right, I've got a vision, and I'm like, God, you're going to have to bring people because I can't do this. What my ability was about four years ago, parked on the side of the road <laughs> with flat tires, going um, as far as I can go, right? And then he kind of he supernaturally starts. 
he, he, he's going he's gonna to equip the called. It's like mm-hmm. you mentioned, right? So once you get to the end of what you can do yourself, yeah. that's when the super can meet your natural and right. supernatural things start to happen. But it's an answer to prayer when someone like you shows up and says, I want to put my hand to the plow and it's perfectly designed um, to fit inside the organization. And you have to believe God for that. You know, if yeah. you're in, if you're in lack on your employee base right now, as a, as a business owner, you have to, you have to understand God's, God's calling people um, to your organization. You have to believe in that. He'll bring them. He'll bring the people. Can you speak to that person that God's calling to right now that has going to have yeah. a major life move like you had, that's God is calling them to a di- to go serve someone else's vision and they're, they can hear it. They, they, they can sense it, but they're really struggling to make that move. Um, how do you, how would you coach them? What kind of, what kind of, uh, advice would you give them? Yeah, I have two. Um, I could answer that question as a two part. One is in the form of a question. I would, I would stop and ask if I was in your shoes, I would stop and ask and say, what have I been acknowledging and where is it leading me to? If you can answer that question, you, you know, maybe I'm acknowledging money or I'm acknowledging what other people think, or I'm acknowledging anything other than what I feel like the Lord's calling me to. And where is that leading you to? Because the real question is, are you acknowledging the Father and where he's bringing you? Because he's going, the provision lies in the will of God, and he's going to provide for you and your family in the will of God. Because really, it's fear that keeps us from doing that. And so we look at everything in the natural, and we want to see the physical side of things and the benefits before we actually walk into there. But when we look at Abraham, when he was called away, the Lord said, I'm calling you away from your family, your friends, into mm-hmm. a place I'm going to show you. So he's walking by faith, doesn't even know where he's going, but he said yes to the call. And so um, he's doing it. And it says he was counted for, it was counted uh, under righteousness for him. And it's because he considered not the thing, the natural, basically, yes. on multiple occasions. And so, um, I would stop and ask yourself, what have you been acknowledging and where is it leading you and your family? And if you can answer that question, do you need to make calibrations? Have I been acknowledging myself? Have I been acknowledging people pleasing man, um, the money or whatnot? Those are all good things in the sense of that you got to steward them, but don't let them lead you and don't let them guide you. What is the Lord saying? And I can, I look back at my whole life and since I got married, that was what we did and God's continued to improve upon improve and provision has been there every step of the way coming to clear shift was probably one of the biggest leaps leaving law enforcement leaving a pension to to a company i didn't know what was going to offer me and fully but i just knew the lord was leading me there so i said yes and he's calling me out and i'm going to a place where he's gonna show me yep and it's continues continue to provide for me but it's a leap of faith and when we're walking into not one but two wars and an economy that you know is people are like you know they're they're nervous, right? The Bible's like, listen, the wind and the waves, right? You had this conversation with me the other day, and and sometimes I'll tell you too, like I'm I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the the organization, I'm looking at the different individuals, what's happening, right? And I, you know, we've we've fully committed to this. There is no yeah. Plan B, right? Um, and so speak to me about how you encourage me, um, even when it's like if I might be in the flesh on something or I'm seeing something from a real carnal perspective, or in other words, for the listeners, like a non-faith-filled perspective. The faith-filled perspective is God's called me to a purpose. He's clearly called that. He's even brought the people. He's brought the resources. He's brought everything that we need to prosper, not just prosper, but exceedingly and abundantly more than we could even ask or think or even imagine, right? This amazing thing, the promise of God. And, you know, the leader who most people don't get to see this side of me, right, is, 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 Wavering is probably a strong word, but is certainly frustrated, right? Um, How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, a lot of it is helping stay focused. It's having a good support system at home as well, because sometimes it's it's contagious, right? And then you carry that home. But like I mentioned earlier, my wife's a pillar of peace at times, and so she's she keeps me on track. She's she's it's a healthy home environment. So that's that's point one. Because then she she's there to build me up and the family, and then I go back to work and I can build you up and build yeah. you, you know. But it's it's an ironing, sharpening, ironing, iron sharpens iron yep. moment where you know there's times where maybe you're struggling on something, and I'm there to help support you and encourage you and what the Lord has done and, and bring to remembrance everything that He has done to encourage us to keep going. Yep. And there's times that you do that for me because there's not a moment where you know. I'm certainly not perfect in any way. So it's, it's, I need that encouragement as well because there's a lot in the natural that's always going to work in opposition. 
you know, um, to do what we did in COVID during COVID and to continue to buy. That was a, that was an element of faith. Yes. Yep. You know, when everybody wasn't doing it, we were, and that was proven that, you know, God is going to continue to sustain you. So to answer your question, you know, you know, it's, it's not, it's easy to, to look at the winds and the waves and the circumstances around you, but having a brother alongside to help focus and keep your eyes on the call and then the vision where you're going is very encouraging and it helps and it starts at home. Uh, so it's funny you say that because uh, I totally agree. And, and when I had Pastor Brent Epperhart on here, like literally we, we talked for a family about our, our marriage for the first 30 minutes, 20 minutes anyway, because the one the one critical theme that is, is consistent through uh, men that have made a huge impact on my life is that their home life is in order. Mm. And... Uh, it's two becoming one, right? And it's always, it always goes back to this. And so, you know, I, I want to encourage though, because I know there's a lot of listeners that are like, bro, I love my wife to be, or my life, sorry, excuse me, my wife, yeah. the woman you gave me. <laughs> um, no, I, I love my wife and I to be lockstep together. And we're just yeah. not, right? And we're just, we're just not there right now. Even though she loves God and I love God, we just, we're looking at circumstances and we're working through it. And so my encouragement to you guys is if you're going to, you are going to continue to hear a common thread and a common theme, which is you got to be, you got to get yoked up and synced up with your wife. Uh, like Matt mentioned, you know, when I get home, um, you know, my wife will literally sit there and she'll, she will discern what's going on and she'll say, listen, we're going to eat and we're going to, we're going to hang out. And then her and I'll just sit, sit together and just have a conversation. And typically her, her posture is, continually bringing me back to the promises of God and like, listen, one thing that Greg Moore, who is an instructor of mine in Bible college said to me, that was just, it's so profound, but you can be in like the vocational will of God, Mm. but be out of the, uh, the, the, um, like a purposeful will of God. In other words, God may have called me to, to have a, a, an, an automotive group, right? And I'm doing that right. And all the things that I collected to get to this point that God's put me that God's yeah. brought me through and equipped me to do is put me in this place right now. But then I can operate in complete lack and unbelief. So I'm outside the will of God in a sense that like I'm not operating right now like he's calling me to, yeah. but I'm I'm geographically or I'm vocationally in the will of God. Meaning you might be doing what you're supposed to be doing, but if you're not walking with him in the midst of it, you can be inside and outside yeah. of that at the same time. And that's a really unique paradigm because not only do you have to get where you're going, where God's calling you to, right? You've got this call and this unction and this this desire, and you're you want to do you know kingdom business and and in this desire to do it, and then you can get there, and then you can first you can kind of forsake that by operating in fear, lack, mm-hmm. and flesh, and all that other stuff, and so there's ends up being collateral damage inside of it. And so that's been a, re- a really amazing thing. And, and what I've appreciated about you so much is that you set the tone inside of the day-to-day operations, right? I set the tone on the vision, right? This is where we're going, how we're going to get there and how God's going to provide for us. But then in, in a tangible, practical way, you're like, this is how we're going to set up the infrastructure to be able to fulfill that vision. Yep. And man, that is so powerful. Um, and it's 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 the power of agreement, really, yeah. uh, and and how we're yoked together. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect, certainly, and you're yeah. not perfect. But um, but God has given us a helper. He's given us tools and and the ability to, to really grow that. And so, um, you know, I love you. I appreciate you so much and, and what you're doing. And and um, you know, with business and with practicality and with your experience and all that stuff. You know, I really tell me about what God's speaking to you right now about this next season. Like, what, where, where are you um, at? Of like, this is, I'm in the vocational will that God has for me. I'm, I'm showing, I'm showing up. Does it feel like the beginning? Does it feel like, um, where does it? How does that feel? And and where, where does it feel like you're going? Man, that's a good question. I, I just, you know, I, I encourage people a lot that are sitting in my shoes too, where it's, you know, as long as you know, you're in the will of God for your life right now, it doesn't matter what tomorrow looks like, but tomorrow you're going to want to know that you're in the will of God for your life. So it's a stepping journey. And some people, they can see the the light at the end of the tunnel. They can see where they're going and some people can't. Um, And I'm kind of in the middle there where I know there's such a strong um, desire for marketplace ministry. And I look back and I'm like, well, clear shift it. This is, 
I, you know, it has the business element that's been stirring in my heart. It has a ministry element that's been stirring in my heart. It has, it's involved in the community. It's, it's not just a business trying to make money. It's a business investing in people that, that work for the organization. It's in a business investing the scope of influence that it has and ultimately the industry. Um, and so I know where I'm at right now is where God's calling me and he's continuing to build desires within me. You know, it says in Psalms somewhere that God gives you the desires of your heart right. and then he fulfills it. So it doesn't mean, you know, hey, you know, I desire a Lamborghini in my garage door or my my garage, and that's going to happen. It's he's putting the desires in your heart as you walk with the Lord. It's the powerful, desires are man. being put into your heart. Yep. And then that's what's leading you into the trajectory you're going with peace and God's word as the foundation. Um, so to answer that question, I know where I'm going. I don't know what it looks like. And I do know it's a part of Clear Shift, and I do know it has some ministry involved. Amen, and I'm bro. excited for it. Me too. I'm in the same spot. God's, God showed me some things about the Kingdom Automotive Summit and some other stuff that we're going to be doing very practical ministering inside of automotive, which is yeah. really amazing. This is part of this whole Built for a Purpose podcast. Everything that we're starting to set up here is calling people out, calling people deeper, right? And 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 one thing um, I want to hit on because I think it's so, 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 so practical or so, so um, it's, it's such a revelation to me is uh, what you mentioned, that God will give you the desires of your heart. When you look at that, you go, well, I want to have a, a G-Wagon, right? <laughs> and so God's going to give me that. But really where people are missing it, and I want the listeners to hear this, God's going to give you the desire of your heart. Not that not he's going to fulfill your wish, yeah. is he's actually going to put new desires in your heart yeah. that are from the throne room of God that yeah. are going to change you, right? Move you mm-hmm. to come into agreement with those things. All of a sudden, you're going to start having these unctions inside of your heart like, man, I want to, I want to, that, that's, that lights me up, right? 10 years ago, it lit me up as having yeah. another beach house. Now I'm like, I don't want another beach house. I want to, I want to see souls saved for Jesus. I want to see the automotive industry yep. turned around. I want to see things change, right? He's given me that desire. That wasn't my desire that by rubbing the genie lamp, he's fulfilling. <laughs> it's because he gives you the desires right. of your heart. And man, you got to read that scripture the right way. Yeah. Cause we read it backwards. Yeah. We read it like, well, that's what I want. God's going to give it to me. I want to upgrade my X, X, Y, Z. Yep. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. So it's it's really, it's it's amazing. So uh, we're on a journey, man. It's just man. the beginning. It was just right. the beginning. It's really good. Thank you for coming on today, man. This yeah, was powerful. Yeah, this was a this pleasure. Was Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well, we'll do it again. You got a lot, there's a lot more in there that we can <laughs> unpack. We want to give you like reasonable doses here. Um, Matt's been a blessing to me. Um, he has ministered to me. His family is the real deal. And uh, I wanted you guys to get a practical application of like, what does it look like to put my hand to the plow? And and as he's talking about his lawn mowing business, I mean, that's practical when you're a little kid. And it's practical uh, when you're in law enforcement learning these things. Listen, folks, preparation season, preparation time is never wasted time. I mean, if God showed me anything that's like that season of preparation, that season that you're stewarding right now, mm-hmm. stay in it. Stay in that attrition process because God is working and willing on your behalf to that next season, to that next place. But sometimes, guys, you got to get... The Israelites, they walked around Mount Sinai for 40 years just lapping it. It was an eight-day or nine-day journey, and they lapped it for 40 years. Don't walk that mountain for 40 years. Go where God's calling you to go, but it's going to be through faith. Um, keep tuning in, guys. We got a lot more for you. Um, this was a this was a must-watch. So um, we appreciate you guys watching. Built for a Purpose podcast. We'll see you next time.